It's time for our Unified Bank profile and welcome into the Wheeling Hockey Hall of Fame and back to West Banco Arena, the one and only Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonnette. And Biz, what's it like to be back here in Nail City again? Unbelievable. Um, you know, some, definitely some great memories here. Uh, first off, seeing Billy Higgins. Uh, that one really sparked it. A guy who used to put the goalie gear on, have to sharpen skates, do it all. Uh, I'm excited to really see the fans. Hopefully my heckler's not here tonight who used to yell at me behind the bench or behind the glass here. But uh, ultimately, it's great to be back and very happy to be doing this uh, for the ECHL and, of course, Wheeling, where I got my start in, uh, in my pro career. So 15 years, a lot of things can change. There are some things that stay the same. What's been some of the things that have caught your eye so far coming back into the building? Uh, the new weight room looks incredible. Uh, I remember when uh, I was here, there was a bench press in the weight room, and then Sean Collins said, yeah, yeah, we're going to get that out of here and bring in a hot tub. So it's nice to see that you guys have more of a professional setup, and it seems as if, though, the Pittsburgh Penguins organization has really set you guys up nice, and uh, it's good to see that uh, the, the game is still thriving here and guys have the resources, like I did, in order to keep climbing and uh, get to the next level. One of the neat things that you're doing while you're here is you're actually doing a documentary for Spit and Chicklets. So what places did you have a chance to go back and visit today? Well, it's funny because when you texted me about coming and doing this this night specifically, it sparked the idea to do a little ECHL jungle series. And, you know, we always joke about, oh, we got a knock at the door. Come on in. <laughs> Oh, it's locked. We're back to the interview. Uh, but no, it just sparked the idea to do a feature on a league that meant a lot to me, especially with the fact that the league had gone through uh, a little bit of difficulty through the COVID situation. But uh, I mentioned how important it was that the fact that I had a, a league to go to after I was sent down from the American League to develop my skills. So I just wanted to try to highlight it along with the rest of the Spit and Chicklets crew on how great of a league it is and, and you know, go to these different types of locations where they host teams. Of course, you know, Wheeling beyond that being that steel type feeling the you know that really hard nose type team we ended up going down to Orlando uh, maybe a bit of you know the cake eater mentality the paradise they're very spoiled down there and then uh, also we were able to honor Derek Nesbitt who's played a thousand games at the pro level a lot of which in the ECHL and uh, a guy who was very vital in helping out through that ECHL player relief fund that we did uh, which was able to put, you know, put money in guys' pockets who had lost out on it, on it due to COVID, COVID. Excuse me. How did your vision of the ECHL change from when you first got sent to Wheeling here as a draft pick and probably thought, oh, there's no chance I'm going down to the ECHL, but then as you got a chance to move up the levels and now looking back on it, how has that changed your look on it? Well, I, th I think it, it really grounded me in a sense of it was fun seeing all the different levels, right? I saw the ECHL, I saw the AHL, and then it made me appreciate when I was able to finally get to the NHL. And I, I, I tell all the guys at the NHL level, especially guys who had never even played a game at any sort of minor level, was you know just all the funny, wacky stories, whether it was our bus breaking down on the way to Johnstown or you know, the heckler, the belt incident, whatever it may be. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of like going back in a slap shot. And for me, it's all about the memories. Um, and, and definitely a lot of them were created at this level. So, um, you know, I could keep going, but uh, those are just a few. I feel like the belt is the one that the most fans talk about. That's what I hear the most. Is that the one that sticks out to you the most? Or is there another one that really takes the cake over that? 
Well, I just thought because it was so silly, and I really didn't do a ton of fighting at this level. Uh, there was another fighting story with Lane Matson when he was playing for the Dayton Bombers. That he was 6'10", uh, another guy from Canada, and uh, we were on the five-on-three, and I never used to got, get power play time at any other level than the ECHL. And uh, when we had the five-on-three, Nettie Haver dropped it back, assuming I was going to take a one-timer. And next thing you know, he looked back, and me and Lane Matson were squaring up at center ice. But um, as far as the belt one, you know, we had a pretty good rivalry with Redding at the time. And that, uh, you know, that the kid who was bugging me was a bit of a pain in the ass. And I beat him up in Redding and then came back home. And I just remember seeing the, the belt before the game in the stall. It wasn't this one. This is like WWE style, very uh, solid. The other one was basically paper mache. And I, t I remember telling Billy, I said, go put that out by the stick rack and I'm going to go to center ice and I'm going to taunt that guy just like he's been a pain in my ass. I'm going to be a pain in his ass. So, uh, you know, a couple days went by, and I remember Glenn Patrick ended up calling me in, and he's like, hey, Biz, I got some bad news. You're going to get suspended one game, and you're getting a $100 fine. And I said, 100 bucks," which was pretty ridiculous that it was that cheap. And uh, I had to send the money in via cashier's check before the next game where I couldn't play. So that would definitely be the one that probably sticks out the most, uh, just based on the, the entirety of the ridiculousness. You mentioned Ned Havern. I know that Sean Collins was a player you were super tight with while you were here. Who reached out to you since they found out you were coming back here tonight? Uh, definitely heard from Sean Collins. Uh, I usually keep in touch with Nettie as well. Um, I'm not really sure who else ended up reaching out, but we'd, uh, we had some guys that I can remember, like Andy Frank, who was uh, an all-star goalie here, and, and definitely uh, uh, plenty of other guys that, uh, that I enjoy playing with. Sumo wrestling tonight, you're judging a beer amid. What do you think? This is going to be one heck of a night here. So I threw my back out washing my toes in the shower. I was going to compete in the sumo wrestling, but I will not be competing tonight. Grinelli is going to be taking my place. I'm not exactly sure who he's going to be competing against. Maybe KB, No Swag, or Nick, a couple other former or, or current members of Barstool, excuse me. Uh, but the, the beer slamming contest, I'm ready to judge, uh, among with uh, seeing all some old and new fans. Well, Biz, it's so awesome to have you back here in Wheeling. We're extremely grateful that you were able to make this trip. We're thrilled to add you to the Wheeling Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm sure that's a tremendous honor for you. And again, thanks for everything here tonight, including this interview. Thank you, guys. It's, it's been a blast, and I'm glad we can keep in touch throughout all the years. And I'm great, uh, it's great to see the team still thriving and, and doing well and growing. And hopefully we can get a big W tonight and maybe even some fisticuffs with Boomhauer. There we go. Former Nailer, now it's Spittin' Chicklets, the NHL on TNT, the one and only Biz Nasty Paul Bissonette on our Unified Bank Nailer profile. More of admission coverage next on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank. Here we go, Nailers, here we go!